0: Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created this show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. This week, we had some pretty tough conversations. We navigated social issues, social media, and we talked about surrounding yourself with different perspectives, because let's be honest, that's so important and also so hard for people. When things are tough, people come to expect one another to post their thoughts on social media or take a stance. But how do we navigate this when we have loved ones on both sides? And we don't want anyone to feel that we are supporting one side over another. It's a very delicate situation which often results in silence. We stay silent because we don't know what to do. And it's not because we are indifferent, but because we are scared for how others will react and what they'll assume about us based on one single social media post but we need to stay informed. We need to expand our circles to include those who don't look like us. And we need to get back to serving one another again and thinking before we react to others. If you're ready to have this tough conversation, a really raw, real, and honest one, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to the unfiltered mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And this week's topic is a little bit of a harder topic. I feel like we are discussing social issues, all the stuff that's happening in the world right now. And more along the lines of, you know, I can only speak for myself right now. It's like, I feel really helpless. And I think that I feel helpless in the capacity like I don't know what to do. I see friends from both sides, and I really don't understand both sides and I think this is i think this is a a common thing and i I feel almost like it's like Black Lives Matter again. Do you remember when that was like they're like people aren't speaking up, people aren't doing this and it's i think with this though in particular, it's like women or people aren't speaking up because they don't understand it and I also feel there's a side you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like if you say something and it's not what parties want to hear then they're chastising you if you don't say something you're chastised again if you you know it it's like this impossible thing and I where this conversation's really coming from is I found myself last night Watching some stories of somebody I love and respect so much, and I felt so much shame, and I felt hmm. I felt shame because I don't understand what's happening, and I don't know how to help people, and I think I don't know the right thing to say, and I know right. If you're listening to this, people are always like, "Oh wait, tears, but it's like a genuine I don't know what to do type thing. Because I, you know, like I fully don't understand what's happening because you're getting news from so many different sources that you don't fully even know what to believe. But you see all over your feed, you know, moms holding their babies that had passed away or murdered, essentially. Or I just recently saw one where a woman was like, over top her eight sons. They were all covered up and she was laying across them. And I just had this moment. I was like, I I don't quite fully understand it because everybody you talk to says something different or has like like a, a different stance. And I don't have a stance. Like it's really like this human thing to me. I don't think it's okay on so many levels. And then I don't know what to do with it. And then People don't say anything because they're so scared to say anything because they don't want to say the wrong thing. And it's just like, I don't know. It's so hard. I don't know where anyone else stands, but I know it's definitely, especially as a community leader for myself, it's been really hard because I'm like, I actually don't know what to say. It's not okay. Like none of it that's happening, but I don't have the words.
1: Can we talk about the social pressure of this though? I feel like that sometimes the pressure that we put ourselves under for things that we have no clue about because it's in our faces, like 24-7, 365, you scroll to get an inspiring post, but that's not what you see because that's kind of not what's going on in the world. It's almost like, to me, uh, probably bad analogy, but parenting, right? Like sometimes you think you're doing a really whiz bang job of getting everything together. And then you see somebody on your newsfeed that is like activist to the 10th power, or they're speaking up and you're like, shit, maybe I should say something. Maybe I should post something. What should I do? I'm not doing enough. And it's not white tears, Elizabeth. You are just the biggest heart ever. And you you can only do what you can do and what you know how to do. And I think that's what we have to remember in this moment, is that we're not going to have all the facts in any of these things that are going on. We're never going to have all the facts. And we truly have to go with gut and intuition and lead and serve where we're guided to. This is hard. Like, you know, there's like no cookie cutter response to go, hey, so you see a social injustice? Step one, go to your nearest Instagram feed from your nearest activist and find out what your first steps are. Step two, (laughs) now post this on your page. Step three, see if you can find a rally. Great job. Now you are an engaged activist. Like that's just (laughs) how it goes. And it's so weird to be in these spaces and you wanna help, but you don't know how to help. And you want to say something, but by God, the fucking fear of being cancelled for saying the wrong thing when you're coming from your heart the 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 is real, so you don't know where you should start to say or to support somebody because you can go out on social and go, I'm really praying for both sides. I okay. are for all sides involved. I hope everybody gets this together, sending my thoughts and prayers oh my God, thoughts and prayers. That's all you're sending is thoughts and prayers. It's like, <laughs> what else do you want me to do? Like, I'm not going anywhere to, you know, I'm not going to do it. I have a family and kids I have to be cognizant of. Like, I, this is what I can offer to the world is thoughts and prayers and good energy and You know, yeah, I can write a congressman. Yeah, you know, like I can do stuff like that. Like I always tell people when the revolution comes, I'm not the girl on the front line. I will write a check. I will make the sandwiches. Like you have to know your role. I will make the sandwiches. I will print the flyers. I will do the graphic designs. But I'm not the front line person. And I think knowing what your role is in life, if your role is to be the activist and say something, by all means, say it. But if you're the sandwich maker like me, don't go on the front lines because you ain't ready for that smoke. What you do is you align with people who are ready for that smoke, and those are your people. But yeah, if you're the sandwich girl, don't go out and say nothing to social media because anything will offend you.
0: That's true. Kanisha.
2: I'm the front line, girl. You know, I'm right behind you, <laughs> making those sandwiches. And the first thing is getting, getting people out of jail. That's me. But just because I'm the frontline girl and I made myself the frontline girl, like I'm a a DEI expert, I'm a, you know, social justice advocate and anti-racism advocate. But that doesn't mean that I know everything that's going on. And a lot of times I'm expected to know. And sometimes I just don't. I'm not your go-to to come to for all things DEI and anti-racism just sort of when you're looking for something to say I guess like that that checkbox that one two three I'm gonna give you a list of things to do like you were talking about Charmaine like I'm not I'm not that I'm not writing you a book on how how to do this because it's not a how-to it's not checkbox work and I've also said things that have been taken out of context that folks have ganged up against me and said that I was racist against my own leadership when folks don't know the full definition of racism. And we got to think about this. Like, racism is not just, like, the prejudice part that folks think it is. Like, I, like the KKK not liking Black Black folks or folks of color. Like, that's not just what racism is. Racism is structural. It's whoever holds the power and who's positioned to hold the power and the way the society continues to let them hold the power. It's systematic. And people who identify as BIPOC, so Black, Indigenous, and people of color, are targets of that. The system was built for white people and everyone else is a target of that. And we just have to remember that a little bit. Now, prejudice, bias, things like that, that's considered like institutional. Sorry, not institutional, interpersonal, because that's like within yourself. And institutional is like a different level. So, I mean, that's like a actual definition of actually what it is. And not a lot of people know that everyone just thinks it's prejudice and it's not. I mean, I could talk about this all day, but I want to give space for someone else. But I know that earlier, you know, when we were talking about this a little bit, we were talking about like, I am on that front line and I am pro Black Lives Matter, right? Like (laughs) when George Floyd was killed, I was out there two days later marching, like with my people during COVID, with my mask on, like, what can I do to get the message out that we have to stop killing our Black brothers and sisters? All people of color are being targeted. They're being intentionally murdered, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But, but for me, it looks like getting out there and doing the action. But I know that not all folks want to do that.
1: I was um giving to the NAACP legal defense fund to get people out of jail. You're
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> it looks different, it looks for, different everybody. for everybody. We don't all we do not all have to be out there marching and I don't expect everyone to be out there then marching with me. Who would support,
1: right? If everybody was doing the same thing, then how would the cause get furthered if everybody was doing the same thing? You know, even though I didn't totally connect with the BLM movement. I could understand why it was done. Like, even though based on my Black experience and based on the experiences I'm still having, I don't, it it doesn't compute for me. But it doesn't say that those that are marching don't have a valid right to be angry. They don't have a valid right to feel unsafe. It just means I don't get it, but I still support them because it's their, you know, it's that cause, right? Right and it's valid. So I think we also have to be able to fully say, I don't get it. It's not that I don't necessarily agree with it. It's just not my experience, but it's your experience. I can honor that. How can I support you in that and move on? Just because I say I don't get it doesn't mean that I'm anti-Black. (laughs) it doesn't mean that I think all BLM people are are stupid and it's a waste of time. We never know about a full thing until like, it'll be 10, 15 years later in a history book. And like the other 10 or 15% of the story will come out to where we'll have more information right now. We're still in the thick of a lot of this, not just BLM, but just other things that are going on and we'll never know the full story of it. And so you got to, you have to be respectful. You can be respectful and not be down with a thing. I totally believe that. I can be respectful and support you and still not be down for
2: that cause. Mm.
0: I feel like it's a it's so interesting because when I talk to women, because like a big thing was, you know, even during Black Lives Matter, I feel like it's that's so much easier for me to comprehend. And I'm really passionate about it. One of the things in my astrology, uh, my incarnation cross, is to put people above the law, which that is who I am. Like, I I believe in human rights and like I would be frontline. And I was during Black Lives Matter. I wasn't out protesting or anything, but I used my platform for the good. You know, I had a lot of Black women on there and a lot of, you know, sharing stories and. I really took a stance in that because I did believe in that, right? Like it it really is a human rights thing. And for all women of color, and obviously here at Detroit Mom, we, we serve a lot of women of color. And I feel like for me, this one has been, what's happening right now has been a little bit harder because I don't fully understand the scope of it. And I feel like in some parts I hear people saying it's this group versus this group and then others saying no it's this and this and it's like so confusing. I get a lot of my stuff from Sharon says so. I think she's like so great at at giving, you know, like doesn't take a stance but shares the facts. And I feel like that's not the case everywhere. I think the news, you know, I feel like every time I scroll my news feed, I'm just like, I don't know what's true, what what to believe. You know, it's It's this, it's that, it's all these things. And I remember back to I was having a conversation with a girlfriend and she said to me, She said, I said, why don't you, why don't you say anything about Black Lives Matter? You know, like essentially just this is a human rights thing, right? Like you can see that society has really been made for white people. Like it's really clear. And she was just like, because I feel like I'm gonna say the wrong thing. So it's easier not to say anything. And I couldn't understand that. And now as I, you know, I'm sitting in this situation where it was like, Elizabeth, you speak up all the time. Like you're always saying stuff. It's, it's really important to you. And then in this situation, I'm like, I just don't even know, like, I don't know what to say, what to do. I I saw this thing on Sharon says, so that said. You know, you can't be consumed with the weight of the world with things you can't change, but you can do little things like you can give a meal to somebody, you you know, things that you can do here in this like scope of things like, you know, send somebody a gift card or let them know you're thinking about them or send money to a GoFundMe or donate to a cause or things like that. And I think the hard part for me is the expectation people have on me. And so I'm like, that's not enough. Like, that's not going to be enough. And I think it's the expectation and the expectation on myself because of the way that I do. Like, I, I see all this and it's so, it just, it makes me so sad because I don't know what to do. So it just puts it, it's like a spiral of things, right? And so I, like I said, I was, you know, and then I scroll people's feed that I know that are like, well, why aren't you saying something? Why aren't you speaking up? And I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Like, I think the big thing is, you know, we had, when I really recognized it was we had this woman reach out to us on Facebook and one of our writers wrote a a really beautiful post and she wrote us a message that said, I can't believe I'm reading this content on Detroit mom that you guys are pro blank. And I was just like, that, that's not the case though. Like it was her story, her experience, her perspective, her reflection of what's happening and how she feels the week prior. It was, it was a woman of the opposite sharing hers. And like, that's the thing people don't understand. We are not taking a stance on things. Yes. There are things I take a stance on human rights in the sense of women should be able to choose what they do with their body. No question. Yes, I do. I'm not saying I'm out there advocating yes, you should get an abortion, you should do this, you should do that, but I feel you should have a choice. Because I say this all the time. I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation. I I don't. If you would have asked me postpartum, I could I know what I would have said. I don't know what I would do because I haven't walked in those shoes. And so I think the thing is, yes, I do advocate for that. I do take a stance, but most stuff. You you generally won't know because we share both sides unless I say something most people don't know. But I do say stuff when Black Lives Matter was happening, or not even just like Black Lives Matter, right? It was the death of George Floyd. Like that is there's no more to it. Like you can see it with your own eyes, everything that's happening, racism. I'm I take a stance on that. But for some reason, this one is so hard. And it's not because I can't take a stance on anything, it's because I don't know. I don't know what's, I, I don't know, like, what to do or say. For me, this the sad part is George Floyd wasn't I the know, first one
2: no. happening every single, all the day, hundreds. You know, we had just learned about S- Sandra Bland. What, uh, I, saw, I always say her last name wrong, right? Like, we have so many folks that we had heard about before. And for me, my thought is always like, Why now? Why all of a sudden the folks... Social media. And I could be... I know, like overanalyzing the video. Like the video probably like... It was helpful and it was... Wild for a lot of people. It was
1: helpful and harmful in the same space. Um, Helpful because people who didn't know that this was a thing now knew that Black people were not making this shit up, Right so they kind of were able to see it the hurtful piece was from for me was from a traumatic already being in a space of always seeing blacks getting beat i didn't want to see anymore i checked the fuck out at that point i signed off of social media because to me it felt like the media was trying to continuously perpetuate black trauma so i stopped watching and that's part of the reason why i probably too didn't in- involve myself in black lives matter because i'm sick of perpetuating the black trauma come to me with some solutions come to me with some things that we are willing to come together as on a, as a community to make things better but people were still at that time we were still talking to the government over bullshit issues so i couldn't i couldn't connect with that Because there were so many other ways that we could have, I feel like we as a people could have engaged. But again, it didn't take from the people that were marching. That was just my perspective, my set of circumstances, my point of view. Didn't make it any less real. It didn't make those that were marching any less, you know, invalidated or validated, not invalidated, validated what they were doing because some of it helped, right? Some of it was able to create changes in different things. But yeah, that was a lot. Like I, I can't do those videos. Like even with what's going on now, I can't do that. To me, that is the media perpetuating trauma. And they're not talking to us about solutions. They're not going to talk to us. Like just not even with wars or um murders or it's with everything the media does. It's to perpetuate the fear and the trauma not to provide solutions. So I think that's why kind of these spaces are so important to talk about, well, how can you navigate this and not get inundated? You, you must stay informed because the moment you think that something like that couldn't happen to you or it couldn't happen over here or we live in a different space, like, you know, the moment you begin to remove yourself from the humanity of it all is when you become numb. And when you just go, well, that's those people. Like, that doesn't happen over here in America. Like, that's and it's like, oh, my God, they're human. Like, it could happen anywhere. Like, nothing is outside of the realm of possibility. And so we have to stay connected to that humanity of it. But how do you do that with all of the inundation of the ick that goes on?
0: Mm. I feel like we're all just like, God, it's. (laughs) It's so much. I well, I do think that and I, you know, I kinda wanna say something that along the lines of what you said, Charmaine, is I think I can speak for myself. I think a lot of the things, you know, I didn't see them in my feed. I didn't see them in my feed because I wasn't following those people. And it wasn't until the movement or George Floyd's death that people like, you should follow this person, you should follow this person, you should follow this person that I was like, oh, Then I was seeing all of these things and I was like, oh my gosh, like all this stuff. It just wasn't, most people aren't in circles where these conversations are being had.
2: Well, that's a different conversation that we'll probably have on another (laughs) like podcast, right? Because if your circle looks only like you, that's a problem. That's a
1: huge problem. There's no way for you to learn and grow.
2: Like, exactly like if your circle only looks like if my circle only looked like me that's a huge problem like if my facebook feed only looked like me i mean i I do love some black girl magic but that's also a problem like i need to follow other creators and like charmaine said like learn from other folks right like even being in spaces with you in this space like me and charmaine are two completely different black women (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> we have, would you say we have like different, I, oh, I don't want to steal your words for that. I am a mix in
1: between Killer Mike, mm-hmm. Black activism, and Candace Owens. I am like this mix where I can see both sides. Um, and I think there's a happy medium in between the two. Like, I don't, again, I'm not the girl that's going to march. There's no, no, I am bailing people out of jail. But I also have this sense of, you know, some of the shit you're causing yourself. And that's the problem that I had with a lot of Black activism. There are some, not all, but we don't take accountability and I'm not talking about the normal crap that they expect us to take accountability for like, Oh, well black people are killing themselves in their own community. Yeah. But well, there's a, there's like this whole systematic thing that goes with that. So it's just, not, I was like, that just goes right back to the system and conditions the exactly. people. There's a whole systematic. <laughs> so it's not just as simple as that, but from the space of us, learning. Like there needs to be this space where we learn again, how to take pride in ourselves and pride and how we show up and pride. And I'm not just talking about dress or something like that, but we need our self-confidence back as a people. Like, I think that would change everything. I, I don't know how to do that. I'm looking for, you know, I kind of follow, try to follow people that are looking to put the pride and the, and you know, not pride and meaning I'm better than you, but just saying I'm proud of who I am. And a lot of that has been broken down and torn down over the years of me being proud of, I think Tina Knowles was like, just because I love being black doesn't mean that I hate you. And I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I feel that on so many levels. Like I love being black, but I love Italian women and I love white women. And I like, I love women in general, but I really love being black. Like I, I enjoy being my mother called my family calls me blackish, but mm. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation,
2: which is also a good show.
1: It is a good show, <laughs> but because I'm so diverse and I, I I've picked up things from different cultures, different races, I don't just have this and I think that's how many black people are now there's and even white people, there's not just this one thing where all the spectrum of the different if you're around other people, there's a spectrum of different cultures you picked up. You say, you know, you yeah. may say things in a way that, you know, a different race or religion might say it because you're interacting with, that's the beautiful thing I think about being human It's interacting. Yeah. If you're smart and if you're curious, you're interacting with people who aren't like you because that's exciting because you get to learn something and you get to see somebody who's not like you. I like peopling in that perspective. <laughs> sorry. Why are you sorry? Because I thought I was taking up time.
3: I got really excited about peopling and meeting different people.
0: I wouldn't be sorry about that. I agree with that. No,
3: no, don't be sorry. Or forever. You're not taking up time. You're talking. There's no limit. (laughs) Mm (laughs) I am like so hesitant to say anything because in my own personal experience, I feel that the world has been very divisive over the past 5 years it's just and people have expectations when they want you to say something and so you post something or you say something in conversation and they're it feels like they're already like packed and loaded man they're ready and they can read like they just create this narrative and it's not even what you said and they can infer so many things and you know personally i've i've Had some issues with people close to me based on things that I've posted or haven't posted. And I've just become really silent because I can see different perspectives and different sides. And I don't know how to voice it in a way where it doesn't hurt someone that I love. And that feels really weighty. And I'm also, you know, listening to you guys speak and talk about like the importance of being informed and not being naive that things like this can't happen over here. And also sitting with people every day whose capacity, they don't have the capacity to hold that kind of trauma that's happening worlds away, right? Like they can barely make it through their day and show up for the people that are under their roof. And so it's just this reminder that we just don't know the full story of everyone and what they are doing. And we make these really awful assumptions based on their actions, based on their inactions, based on their words, based on what they're not saying. And I think it leaves a lot of people paralyzed. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense.
1: Can we give women the permission today that if, you feel like that you're guided to say something and you have the bandwidth by all means say it. But if you don't feel like you have the bandwidth to do it and you know what that feels like. And just from a cellular level, you know, where if I say something, I just don't have the, like, I know somebody's going to mistake it. I know, you know, that's just the nature of social media. People are ready to do that angry cat type and, you know, Judge or comment on whatever it is you have to say. If you know you don't have that space for it, it's okay to not say anything. There are so many warriors that are willing to say something, and just you know, stay in your stay in your lane. You have permission to not say anything if you don't know what to say. Like it's not, it's not like a mark in heaven against you for not. You know, if you the heaven is your thing, it's not like a mark from the almighty going. You know what, Charmaine? you are not speaking on this issue. I, I don't know if you're coming in. Like it's, it's not that, it's not that.
3: But I feel like people, if you don't say something, then they, f- they feel like you're not supporting them too. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's so layered and so tricky and there's really no win. Because what feels good and supportive to one person, it doesn't, it's
1: not going to doesn't
3: feel yeah. that way to someone else, and so that's like this. I, I hate this age of social media yeah. because it's like you have to have this bomb ass catchy phrase statement in a story that's going to last for twenty four hours even. to mm-hmm. share your entire heart and soul. Like what? Like we're not mm-hmm. talking face to face anymore. Like we're not doing this where we can see each other and see the emotion and hear that catch in someone's voice and you know they're about to break because that does something to a conversation when you're behind a screen and you're just typing these words out it it loses that, that. personality it, yes. And then right then like, well, they didn't post this or they posted that. And I don't agree with it. And you write off that relationship or you send some nasty DM and it's just like, I'm telling you, like, it just makes me paralyzed. Like, I just don't want to say anything. I don't want to go on social media. Like I literally sit and see the physical effects of trauma and stress on people every single day. And it's like, while I'm glad that we are more informed, it's also a double-edged sword. We were not meant to hold this much information. Not this much tra- we really not this were much not. Information that we're no. No. no, it's too much because then you scroll at night, right, and you see these graphic, horrible pictures, and you hear these stories, and then you're just supposed to go to work. <laughs> like you're just supposed to go to work. Like you're just supposed After to act nothing, like nothing never. is wrong. Mm-hmm. But then. You have to be affected to be human and to have empathy, but yet you still have to do all these other things in your life and your world hasn't stopped like other people's has to just focus on what's happening and go into survival mode. Nope, you have to carry that and that image and then you have to like, Go pick your kids up from daycare and show up to work and try not to get pissed off in the Starbucks drive through And then you feel like an awful human being because those things don't seem to matter compared to what other people are living. And you just spiral.
1: I haven't been on social media in, mm. this is this, December?
2: I then think I that's majority of people December. I know. I've been on social least, media for about um, a month and mm-hmm. a
1: half. I go on to see certain groups and then I leave and what i have discovered in my hiatus is one none of that stuff fucking matters one two nobody really misses me cuz there's so much going on in the news feed like i'm not missed three that the motivation and inspiration that i thought i was getting was getting drowned out by the negativity even though i had curated my fucking news feed <laughs> mm-hmm. i think i i initially when when social media came out initially It was such a beacon, right? Because people were sharing things that they love and people were sharing happy moments and people were sharing their lives. Somewhere in between profit and advertisement, it turned into this really caca thing. Somewhere in between people no longer connecting on a physical level with each other, it became easier to be mean to somebody. It became easier to judge. One of the coaches that I follow, Brendan Bouchard, he gives us perfect analogy of social media. He's like, I'm not telling. And for me, I'm not telling anybody not to be on it because it's still there's still cool things and cool people out there. But every thing that you look at is a judgment. You're making these It's teaching us how to judge. And even though you may think about it, you go, okay, Brooke, I see your post. Kanisha, I see your post. Oh, Brooke's post has more color. It's not that I don't like Kanisha. It's just that, right, I want to see this. That's a judgment. You're making a judgment to ignore Kanisha and look at Brooke. So it's teaching us how to judge each other and not to connect with each other. And we're allowing it to do that because we're not connecting. I, I wish the easy answer could be everybody take a social media What is it called? Hiatus, right? But that's not all... That's easier said than done. You know, it's like going... Social media is honestly like going to a casino. And when you have a neurodiverse brain like mine, I'm really... I'm into the scroll, the next cat video, the next video of a kid. Like, I'm really into that scroll of it. And it's not always easy for me. It wasn't easy for me to do that. Um, It's just that something... Major shifted in my life, and i I pulled back and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm less anxious, like my anxiety yeah. used to be on like ten thousand, and I couldn't figure out why why well, I'm only spending like two hours a day on social, like it can't be that and it was that I was comparing myself to what somebody else was doing in their business, I was comparing myself to what these other moms were doing with their kids with a d h d and even though I wouldn't admit it in the beginning as I began to look like. Oh my God, that's not even mine. It's so easy to pick up stuff that's not yours on social. It's so easy because it's not connected. I mean it is, but it's not.
2: So I'm struggling with part of this conversation because we're saying like I told I totally get where where we're coming from when we're saying like like sometimes we don't know what to say or it's okay, like if you don't know what to say, like not to, you know, speak up like outwards things like that but i struggle in a sense with that because a lot of people will use that excuse not to speak up against racism that's blatantly happening and it's not something that's just going to go away and i can't be the only one speaking up for it i really need my white people to speak up <laughs> cuz i can't be the only person like teach <laughs> like teaching everyone and It's really hard to find white allies. And what I mean is, like, I know that a lot of folks are doing their research, maybe trying to, like, don't want to don't feel comfortable wanting to say anything until they've read some more books or watched another documentary so they understand or whatever it may be. But I need I need my white people to speak up now. My white friends (laughs) like I've had things blatantly said to me in groups, in front of people, and no one would say anything. Give us an example. In my home space, where I'm only one of the people of color, <laughs> like, family members say things. I've had things said that they probably didn't mean it even. Like, microaggression-type things, like, that I've never spoke about outwards about, but, like, even... At- like but folks don't understand like but but folks don't understand that yeah they probably shouldn't have said it like that or that's microaggression whatever but folks don't know that they should speak up because I can't be the only one always speaking up so that's my complexion a little bit with with this
1: I think with you saying that as well that we as Black people, people of color, indigenous people, is that when someone that is white speaks out versus immediately attacking? Can we please go? And I've done this with I've I've had conversations because sometimes people don't know that how they said something or how they've tried to ally is like oh girl mm-mm. like I, I've DM'd versus what most people do is they, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. You're so stupid. and oh, my goodness. And it's like, okay, now I really don't want to say anything. I don't even really want to learn because if every time mm-hmm. I try to learn and speak up, I'm being persecuted. Then why even try? Even though it's not always our job to teach, because I know we get exhausted of teaching as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when we see somebody that's actively trying that we support, and this does not negate them needing to try. But when you see somebody actively trying and having a conflict, them being like, "Hey, you know, I've had non friends of color go, "Hey, I want to post this. What do you think? Look, I'm not the black um ambassador. For me it's okay or for me it's not okay. Um tread lightly. You know, or this is somebody's page you should follow or go here and like, you know, I give them a resource if they ask as well. It's a it's a two-way street. It's definitely a two I feel like it's a two-way street. We have to stop and this goes back to social media. We have to stop persecuting people for trying. We do. And God Kanisha, I know it's exhausting. It's got to be so <laughs> exhausting for you to be the educator because as soon as people yeah. see that you're the educator, they think that you are Google. And yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not. And so
1: I know that part has got to be exhausting and frustrating to be mm-hmm. in spaces. And I'm speaking up and now you're persecuting me for speaking up. And then you come to mm-hmm. me. I've had this get persecuted for speaking up in public. And then after I'm persecuted, somebody goes, you know, Charmaine, you were really right. And that was really fucked up what she said. but but which negates everything you just said, but Mm -hmm. you know, you have to understand where she's coming from. I know exactly where she's coming from. Why didn't you like at least stand up for me in that situation? And so that's sometimes, and I, I get both again, that's like me with you, Brooke. Like I get both sides of it. I get why somebody, even when they see an injustice done, why they may not speak up because of the fear of speaking up. And I get the person that is speaking up and just wants to be heard, acknowledged, supported, and protected. Like, I get both of those pieces. And sometimes it is hard for me, too, to reconcile. Like, I don't, I'm learning how to hold people accountable because I'm queen benefit of the doubt. But holding people accountable for their actions while still understanding that everybody has a perspective and story. And not getting attached in between the two. Does that make any sense?
3: Yes. And I feel like we're talking about a lot of we things. We are. It's like
1: multi-layered.
3: Yes. Because I'm talking about social media and taking a stance and not having conversation. I think it's different to speak to what Kanisha was saying. Like when you're in the room mm-hmm. or you're there or Mm -hmm. like, you know, that person, you have a relationship. I mean, I'm not like trying to have a spectrum here, but I feel like that's a deeper wound because it's someone that, you know, or that you're doing life with or working with, or it's right there in front of you. It's not, I've got to be careful of how I phrase something on social media because I'm not having the conversation or in the room with that person.
1: So mine was, I think I mixed the two. So I was talking personal as well, because that's happened to me personally where I speak up and nobody says anything. And then somebody comes after and goes, that was really like, that was really, you know, I'm sorry you had that experience. And it's like, okay, but I was just made to look crazy in there, like an angry black woman. And now you say something to me, <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, thanks for nothing, but okay. So, no. yeah, I don't know if that's never happened to me on social, but has happened to me. and in real life.
2: But I understand where you're coming from, Brooke, because even with everything happening right now, like I haven't, like you, Elizabeth, haven't spoke up to the fullest capacity because I don't understand fully. Like I sympathize in ways with both sides because innocent families are dying Mm -hmm. on both sides. And that's the part. That's the part I sympathize with. Not all the other crap that's going on. Just so we're very, very, very clear <laughs> right now. And no one's twisting my words. <laughs> it's very much so about the innocent lives that are being lost. And right now, the innocent lives that are being lost are significantly higher in one spot than the other.
0: Yeah, I think you know it's so interesting in this season we haven't dove into this yet, this topic. I I think, you know, I, you know, I want to say this, Kanisha. I, I think racism is so much easier for me to navigate because I feel passionately about it. Right? Like I'm mm-hmm. like, I see it. It's not okay. Like I'll speak up about it. But for some reason, this situation, like you said, because I don't understand it, and also I I'm over here like trying to wrap my head around even you know I think it's easy to be in these these moments where we're like okay was I a part of that because if I was with you and somebody was being racist and then I want to go back to was I there it's just don't worry about well, we'll talk later okay <laughs> well you can't open that door and then not give an example
3: yes i would agree with elizabeth only well you can you,
0: you can't can actually the unfiltered mom
3: but in that moment because Kanisha, you spoke up like after I spoke. Immediately I was like, fuck, this is why I don't say things. Because what if she did I say something that does she think that I'm not a safe person or that I'm not an out? No. Like, it's like no. so the tangible, I know you don't want to be an educator, but the tangible moments, that's how people can make changes, right? Like, like giving an gives, example. Yes, giving an example, that's like, oh, okay. Like I I get it. I feel like I, I know we're trying to be careful and talk in general statements, but also it's getting really confusing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I Okay, know. I'm not the only one. I just want to cry. i to generalize it. No, I'm going to drink okay. more.
0: <laughs> I, I, I think it's hard because there's so many feelings and emotions that surround this, right? Yeah. Like, and that's when we... Well,
3: we are two white women with two mm-hmm. black women and like... This is hard hard. because uh, I'm glad that we have this space, but this is hard because I know that I have, I know I've screwed up somewhere in my life, but like, God, I respect, I respect you both so much. And if I Mm. had ever done anything to hurt either one of you. God, please tell me and smack me across the face because I don't ever want to do it again. I don't ever want to do it again.
2: Do you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for Elizabeth for taking a chance and uplifting black voices like she does. Mm. Because I wouldn't have been heard like I
0: do on this on this platform without you, like creating that space. I think that's why you know, and it's interesting. I think that's why this is bothering me so much because. Yeah, I believe so strongly in that, and I don't know what to do right now.
3: Right, because there's two groups of people that are very passionate and have reasons why they're passionate, but then when we talk about (laughs) racism, it's like, we're not going to give... Not gonna give a platform to a racist because that's just very wrong. <laughs> like yeah. we're not gonna do like that just feels very like cut and dry there. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not doing that. But this is like how do we create a space where both sides can have a conversation?
0: Or even, you know, I'm just gonna kind of go there is I had asked two women to be on the podcast because I felt that it was time for me to try to figure out how to have the conversation. And the one woman was like, yes, I'm I'm so grateful that you're going to do this. And then she messaged me tonight that her husband didn't think it was safe. And that for me, yeah, Yeah. that for me was like, this group of people already feels unsafe. And to put herself out in that capacity, she doesn't feel safe. And I think that's really hard for me. And it's not like this space, right? It's being vocal and it's sharing and having two different opposing people speak their own, their own feeling and perspective and in things like that. And I think that that's where I'm kind of like glad that we're having this conversation now, because obviously you guys, we came in with a completely different topic that we Mm. were going to talk about. And here we are having this one because it's, it's really been heavy on my heart. And I, I think I, like I have friends that feel like the videos and the pictures and things like that is, Like it's wrong. It's they're shoving it in our face. They're doing all this stuff. But if you want to know how I feel, I feel like it reminds me that that wrong Starbucks order or that person that cut me off really doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm not taking away from the trauma that people are experiencing right in their lives. I'm talking small, little tiny, trivial things. Those kind of things. That stuff doesn't matter. And I think that when we take that away, I think you said it, Charmaine, it's like we we desensitize. And if we don't see it, we don't realize it's happening and we forget it's happening and we don't humanize it. And we just carry on with our lives in which I know we, this goes back to the whole not knowing what to do, but we carry on. And what Charmaine said, we always like, it would never happen here. Just like we never thought that a school shooting would happen in Oxford. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a second. We never, everyone's like, that's never going to happen a Michigan here in thing. Michigan. That's a Southern no. thing.
1: It's the same thing when nope. the, <laughs> Kanisha, you'll be able to get with this one. White, Black people don't go in shooting up, like, like we don't shooting up, like that. it's that whole conversation. And then you got the one guy and his son that, that they were in the- <laughs> at the grocery store yeah or even the, the ones the original mm-hmm. ones that were in Maryland where they were like in their trunks mm-hmm. shooting at people and it's like it's not yeah. a black or white thing it's not a southern thing it's not a mm-hmm. middle eastern thing it's a human thing and any it can happen anywhere to anybody and i think when you lose that space of compassion and connectedness you seem to think that you are above and that is a problem when we think that we are above and that it just happens to those people. Those are the only people that this Mm -hmm. happens to, or this is the only people that that happens to. It continues to separate us when we don't see ourselves as human. And that's what makes of what's
0: Yeah. I, I think that's what's happening too. If, you know, People are like, when I talk about it, they're like, you cannot let that consume you. You cannot do this. You cannot that. That is like another country. We can't fix that. We can't do this. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, I understand that. And also like, we can still talk about, it. I, I don't, I think that that all goes back to this. It could happen here. I don't know why people think that it, that it couldn't happen. I just, I think that's where I really struggle. It's like, it can happen anywhere type thing. And it's the human part. It's this piece of compassion, this this piece that just can't even fathom what it would be like to hold my murdered child in my arms. Like, I can't fathom this. You know, one of the
1: things that, I forget what was going on in this country. I don't know if it was right after 9-11. But my initial thought was, oh shit, I need to get my passport in order. I need to make sure I have cash. What do I have where I can travel across country? How can I get to my family to make sure that we're all safe? Like I started creating like doomsday escape plans. What would I do where I could leave this country? Do I even have enough money to leave this country? Do I have enough shit to sell off so that I can leave, like, if I have to leave, if some shit pops off, like, and I have to go, like, you know, during that time and space, for me, that was a real thought because we were on a military base when that happened. And I'm like, Mm. oh my God. Okay, so we're next because we were in Maryland. I'm like, shit, we're next. How do I get out of here? And then that's like when that, which is so wild. And then the entire grid went out and I couldn't contact my parents. Like talking about, and I just had a baby. So talking about somebody that was, Insanely, a nervous wreck for a couple of months and like traumatized because you don't know what could or couldn't happen. And you have to be able to show compassion. You know, like we were saying earlier, I don't go with either side. I have a special affinity in my space for families that are special needs. I did this during Katrina as well. People that have spe- things that are helping people that have special needs families to either get support or get out, right? Where are those? I look for the spaces that are in my lane. Where are those spaces for me? And how can I support? How can I support the Red Cross or whatever it is you choose to support to help people get help, get medical care, get whatever? There's a way to be informed about it because I think we should be informed about it because they're humans. And if I have a way to help you, whether it's with money, whether it's sending clothes, whether it's going into The Red Cross and making first aid packets, whatever that looks like for you. I think we need to get back to a space of service, whatever that looks like for you, and begin to be human again. I think that should be the 2024 thing. Humanity. Can we all just get Mm -hmm. along?
0: (laughs) I think what I realized in this conversation is there's so many conversations that we need to have. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I wanted to come in here and really say is, you know, obviously I don't know what to say. And I think the thing is, you know, kind of Brooke, I just want to say this is I feel like the people that matter so much to me on both sides, you know, of this or within this, I struggle with like, you know, I I do reach out to them, but I struggle that I'm not doing it enough or I'm not saying the right things or I'm not doing enough in that capacity. Right. Even right now, you know, can show you talking? I'm like, we need, I need to do more stuff for women of color. You know, what, what else can I do for women of color? Am I doing enough? You know, it's like, but it's something I'm really passionate about. So it's not like, I don't feel I have to do it, I guess is the best way to say it. It's like, I'm really passionate about it that's why I just mom exists, right? Like I, a lot of times in these conversations, I maybe will try to speak less to give voice, you know, more space to voices that really need to be heard because I'm a white voice that doesn't really need to be heard all the time. And so I think that's, you know, that's one of my biggest struggles is how can we help women find that space? And also I wanted to say this, something that I was tabling was I say a lot of stupid things I've said a lot of stupid things in the past. And instead of being silent after I say those said stupid things, I ask questions. I text Kanisha a lot. <laughs> I voice memo her a lot of questions um, and she answers them so nicely. But uh, I just learn from them. And I think that's the thing that we have to do as, as white women, because here's the reality is white women listen to white women, unfortunately, is... We're the ones that have the the opportunity to create change because we're the ones that women women look to us, white women who are not taking action or doing the thing to take the lead, and someone has to in the community of white women take the lead in the charge in doing that so other white women will follow and or choose to stand up and make a, a stance or a change, or you know racism's easy for me it's like absolutely not like I not okay with it. I don't stand for it. Like that's an easy one. So it's easy for me to speak on. And it's easy for me to, you know, I say all the time, like, if you don't like the content we have, you know, cause there are people we've, we've had our fair share of people. Can't believe we post when we had like a lot of pro, you know, or things, women of color. And so I lost a lot of followers at that time when we posted stuff and I took a stance. Yeah.
2: What's that meme going around? And it's, they're sitting at the table with the pizza and says, you know, we can, we can agree or we can disagree on pizza toppings, but we can't. <laughs> oh,
0: disagree I haven't seen that. Racism or something. I'll have uh-huh. to send it to you. Okay. But I think that's a big thing. And I think, you know, we, it's an interesting. I think we should bring it up again. We have had a lot of women reach out. They're like, I've really racist family members and I don't know what to say. And I think, you know, Kanisha, I, I agree with Brooke is like, I hear you, I hear everyone when they're like, Black women shouldn't be the teachers, but sometimes if they aren't the teachers, we white women don't know the right thing. We don't know how to ask the questions in it as simple as someone being the leader in that community, said white community <laughs> asking a woman like you, Kanisha, that can then relay the message appropriately to said white women, you know, so I think like that's that's the thing is we need someone to share that information. So that we know the right thing to say. and We know the right thing to share. You know, like I said, I've said a lot of stupid things. I've had a lot of moments where I've had to check my own self. And it's that's conditioning. That's childhood. I grew up in a white community. We had one black guy, one black boy. He was, you know, we were middle school. So we we're bo- they were boys. They were not men yet. And his name was Deontay. If you're listening, I still love you. And I loved him. I wanted him to be my boyfriend. But well, that wasn't acceptable in my household, right? My dad was like, Elizabeth, you don't do that. And it was interesting because my dad, my dad was like, we were raised in such a home that like I never felt that. But I remember that one instance. So I always wondered if my dad was, you know, he would say stupid things. I'm like, do you really feel that though? Because he had so many black friends, and it's just, it's just so like so many mixed messages. I think that we all get in our childhoods.
1: My dad told me you the know?
0: same thing. Yeah, oh, like for a white guy. Yeah no. Yeah. No. He's like, I love him, but
1: you yeah, don't, you I, don't. Yeah, date no. him. yeah. That's exactly what he said. He said, no.
0: Yeah. He told me, don't. And I'm just like,
1: my dad actually said, don't mix.
0: <laughs> my dad don't say it. Well. My
1: father is from West Virginia. So
0: I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but I think that's the thing is like, we have so many different things, but I, I loved him. And if my friends who I grew up with listening, Alexis, if you're listening, I did love him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we all did. They're all, also the white girls were like, Okay, no, he had older brothers that were so cute too. Oh my god! But yeah, I just think that we we just don't know. There, I think there's just so many pieces to this, and I just I always want to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And I think even in this, it's like I I I would love people to send good resources. I just want re- unbiased resources. That's yeah. what I want. And I know I Sharon says so is an amazing, amazing resource. Because I really, you know, kind of going back, I don't think this should be a sides thing. I don't, I don't want to pick sides. I just want to be a human. I just, I just want to care for other human beings. And th- what's happening right now is, is not okay on so many levels. Whether I don't care what side you fall on, you know, it just isn't okay. Hmm. And I feel, I like I said, I feel like there's so much we need to talk about and discuss. Obviously, dive into in 2024.
1: I think we need to. Definitely continue with the connections, right? Make this your year of connecting. Make this your year of challenging yourself to step outside of your group. If you can't do it once a month, say once a quarter, I'm going to go someplace and mix with a group that I wouldn't necessarily mix with because I'm really comfortable here. And let me see what I can learn. And Mm -hmm. you would be amazed. And it doesn't always have to be like a black or white thing. It could be that you're 24 and you go hang out with a bunch of 50 year old women. It could be that you're child free and you go hang out with a bunch of kids. I mean, kids will humble you in 2.4 seconds, but, you know, you go hang out with a bunch of kids. It could be that, yeah, you have all black friends and you don't have any diversity in your mix and Mm -hmm. you get to know somebody. I do these, well, I used to do, (laughs) I'm sorry. I used to do these things where I would meet people on social. I haven't done it lately. And I would say, hey, let's have a coffee chat. And I'm not trying to sell you anything. I don't want to buy anything. I just want to know about you. And Mm, that is honestly how I got, like, I love the Indian culture, right? Right.
0: Oh my God, me Like my
1: goal is to go to the full Indian wedding. My goal is to find an Indian. Like I have some Indian people that I know and it's like, I'm just waiting for them to post that somebody's getting married so I can go. I'll bring gifts, but I want the whole thing. I want to go to a- (gasps) You will? She's going to bring gifts to a wedding. That is shocking news. I would bring gifts. I want to go to a Nigerian wedding. I really want to go to like, like, I want to find- I have some Nigerian Me too. Right. Too. I want them. I'm Here waiting for go. somebody to post that they're getting married. I want to go there because it's an event. Like it's this whole celebration. So it's like when you get to know more about different people, it begins to become exciting about who you meet and who can you meet. So May 2024 your year of connection. Connect.
2: So if you're out there listening and getting married next year and you have a very cultural wedding come <laughs> up, us. we want to all go. Yeah, DM us. We want to go.
0: Can we come? Yeah. DM us. I we'll will bring say, cousins. yeah, <laughs> you know, I will say in the, the time that Detroit mom has been around, I've been invited to a lot of Indian things. I've experienced like so many like incredible things. Tom Keene's daughter got married and I was, we were invited to that, like, uh, some people from the Art Getting Uncomfortable series. And like, I think if anything, you know, the, the cool thing is like come to a connect because like that one thing I love about Detroit mom is when you're involved with Detroit mom, even writers that we have, like you're going to get so many different women from so many different backgrounds. And it's so cool to like be a part of that and witness it. And when you're in there, like they want to welcome you into your their homes and they want you to see what their culture is like. And you ask questions. And I think that's the thing for me. I'm always asking questions. whenever. We're, you know, in in um community with these women. I'm like, okay, oh, hey, tell me about this or tell me about that, and I think that's the thing, you know. But I I really want to challenge people, Charmaine. Going back to this, you know, di- diversify your circle. I think it has to be women that don't look like you. Yeah, I think that you have to put yourself out there and be in. Uh, my life is better, you know, Tiffany. Um, Tiffany Moore she invited me to her birthday party and she invited, and I invited a friend to go. She's like, you can invite so-and-so. And And I was like, okay, well, so-and-so canceled me on the last minute. And I was like, said to my husband, I was like, I'm going to be the only white person there. And he was like, how does that make you feel? And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm going to be so out of place, but I'm I'm going to go. And I got there and I was the only white person there and nobody treated me any different. They were just like so kind to me. And so I obviously felt out of place. And then you know what it it did? It gave me so much compassion for black women who are only in white spaces and recognizing like, God, that's got to be so fucking hard to be the only black person in a sea of white women. Like that's got to be so hard. So it was like this realization that it's hard, like, right. Like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and more than anything, I think, it's easier for white women, maybe a little, maybe at times than, I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if it's easier for white women, so I'm not going to speak because I feel like I, so I, I grew love up that the kind opposite. Of stuff.
1: I was always, I was more comfortable being the only Black person in a sea of white people because that's how I grew up.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: I was, I had to learn how, it wasn't until like I got to college and into the workforce. I had to learn how to be comfortable around Black people that weren't my family because that's just, that wasn't my reality. I was always the only black girl in the room. So sometimes it can be a flip. Like, you know, I know I bet there are some white people who grew up in all black surroundings and they probably like, you know, I think it's just all in how you grew up.
0: Yeah. There's so many layers. There's and so well, many layers to can... this.
1: Unfortunately it's not like that's what I keep explaining to my son. I'm like, what you see on TV is TV. It is not indicative of life or how quickly things come to be solved. Um, It's entertainment. And where you live at is where you live at, which is why we travel, because I want you to get into spaces where you're not the only Black person or you are, you know, there's like other people that don't look like you in the room. And how can you go and be you and connect? And also learning mm-hmm. from, you know, just a kid's space. Well, he's a really good reader of energy. So he like knows when somebody's not feeling him and he moves on, right? And he yeah. just keeps going with that. He was like, they, and he just moves on. But that's one of the reasons why I get my son uncomfortable. And in the beginning, he always hates me for it because it's not his friends. It's something different. He doesn't know anybody there. I'm like, great. You'll be ready for life. Let's go do this. And then afterwards, he's made new friends. He knows new people. He's got more people Mm -hmm. to play video games with. And oh, my God, mom, that was so cool. And that's how I always feel after I go network. It's like, I don't want to go people. And they're like, oh, my God, guess who I met?
0: (laughs) That's my favorite part. Like, one of the therapists that I, we follow on Detroit mom, Cherry, I was so excited to meet her. I love like, just, just, I feel like white women of color, whether you're a black woman entering a white space, white woman entering a, you know, woman of color space, we just have so much that we can offer to one another. And like, I, my life is better because I have women of color in my life My life is better because I don't surround myself with women that just look like me.
1: Imagine how boring that would be.
0: Oh, my God. Well, I think that's a lot of people, though. But I think that they don't know any different. And there's a lot of people like that and a lot of communities that don't know anything different and what's out there and things like that. And I think that all comes back full circle. That if we don't surround ourselves with these things and we don't know they're happening and if we ignore them, we just become, gosh, I can't even think of the word, like, numb to them. You said it so well, Charmaine. We just become numb to them. But I hope hope what people can take away because I know this episode is probably going to be so long and I'm sorry, you guys, but it's like so hard to like figure out where to cut it. Yeah, I think there's so many things and it honestly came from like the purest place of... Wanting to express that, I think that I'm not alone in saying we want to help, but we don't know how because we fully don't fully understand, and and media doesn't do a good job of of helping us understand that without making us choose a side or pit us against each other or other people. And I still don't know what to do, but I'm grateful to be able to have this conversation and hopefully either a let other people know they're not alone in that. And also reminding people that saying something is better than not saying anything. And also it's okay if you don't have the capacity to say something, but all of it's such a learning thing, right? Like we're going to say stupid shit. We're going to say stupid shit, Period. But we get to learn from that and then we get, to, we get to pick up and we get to have confidence to move forward and know that at least we tried. And there's always going to be someone, again, we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't, but I'd rather be damned on the other side of using my voice. At least I and did if I something. Have to, at least I did something. If I have to take the lead, you guys, if I have to take it for the team and be chastised because I will be, I will be hated on, I will be unfollowed, I will be a lot of things. But at least I know that I did my part in the sense that I stood up for what I believed was right, even if it was not right in everybody's eyes. And I think that's what's important to me. And so why I do this, why I have a site, because don't give me don't don't think that for one minute owning a site called Detroit Mom as a white woman has been an easy thing for me to navigate. (laughs) But I saw a need for something that wasn't here but I will forever be chastised for being a white woman that owns a site that women feel a black woman should own. Isn't that ridiculous? Big sister thug 666 didn't think so.
1: (laughs) And the only reason why I laugh, Elizabeth, is because, you know, I've been there through a lot of the journey. And it's like, but you're- You have. And it's like, okay, but she started something. And if you don't like it, you can start your own thing. I welcome people to do it. And it's not like it's a bunch of white women writing stuff. You've always had a diverse lineup of writers. I will say as the years have went on, it's gotten even more diverse and who the writers are and their backgrounds and their experiences. And as somebody that knows your heart, if they don't pay your bills, don't you pay them bitches no mind. And I got you. okay? you always have a safe space. (laughs) You can come back. We know who you are. (laughs) Your people know who you are. And no matter what angry cat lady 592 says after you post, she don't know you and she doesn't know your heart. And yeah, we're all going to say stupid shit. I mean, that's just life. How do you learn? You do and you say stupid shit. And then you go, oh, snap, that like my whole wedding thing, like, oh, my God, that was really, that's kind of crazy. Like, why am I not celebrating people? (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Did you really think that after? Yeah, after, I'm like, oh my God, how am I not celebrating people? And then I watched this girl on Instagram and she's like... Yep. You're getting me a gift for having a baby. I'm damn near at death. Yes. I want and for every baby I have, I want a gift. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so true. Like, why wouldn't I give baby shower? Why wouldn't I go to a baby shower? What is wrong with me? That's,
2: what,
1: that's why Sherman's
0: bringing the gift now. She had a change to change her heart. But only if it's a Nigerian wedding, it's an Indian wedding. Right. <laughs> I'll go to an American a, there's wedding a criteria. with a
1: great DJ. Like, I need to know who your DJ is before I go. Like, because I want to mm-hmm. dance, and I don't want a lame DJ at the reception. And how many bridesmaids mm-hmm. do you have? I'm not going to sit through 90 million cousins and aunties going down the aisle. Yeah, I'm not doing that.
2: Oh, <laughs> She's almost <her>. changed. She's almost <laughs> changed. <kidding. laughs>
3: Got little
0: more work to do. Oh my gosh! Okay, guys, Uh, as you can see, it can turn into a candid conversation between friends here on the Unfiltered (laughs) Mom. But yeah, I just thank you for that, Charmaine, because I have had to had a lot of sleepless nights, and I've I've gotten over a lot of them. I don't get it anymore. Knock on wood, (laughs) but. I just, I understand so much when people say it. So I just, I don't know. I think this conversation needed to be had for so many reasons. And I can never say this word right. Carthritic? Carthrotic? Carthartic? <laughs> What's carthritic? <laughs> you guys,
2: I don't know. Carthritic? <laughs> My car has carthritic.
0: Orthopedics? What's
2: a car? car hearts?
0: <laughs> Is it, okay, you said cathartic. 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 Oh my god. Cathartic.
1: <laughs> Why am I so, so A and then thar Cathartic. Yeah.
0: Cathartic. Yeah. I
1: don't
0: even Catholic. know what that means. What's oh that? really? Like I don't car- even know what <gasps> that means. To
1: get it all out that it felt good to just um, get it out.
0: Okay. Like therapeutic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That mm. word.
0: Yeah. You know, like when you write a angry letter to someone and then burn it, it's Mm, cathartic yeah Yeah, cathartic i just need to repeat it when i go to bed tonight cathartic 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 (laughs) cathartic um but thank you guys thank you for being here you know this episode is gonna air when you guys are on winter, well, holiday break, if you celebrate. So most schools are off. So this will happen in between Christmas and New Year's. So you guys will not yet hear this in 2024, but hopefully going into 2024, we can make some changes together in some capacity, or at least start somewhere by having the conversation. And come to something Detroit mom related so that you can, if you're local, because we hope you're listening all over the U S and in other countries, that would be you like, want to buy a ticket oh, and really?
2: come.
0: yeah, you could, you could fly in, but hopefully you're listening all over the country. And if you're not in a, you are local come to a connect, meet other women or any other, we have a lot of stuff planned with Detroit mom going into the new year. And I hope that you'll join us because I think it's a great way to meet people that don't look like you and in a space that maybe feels a little more comfortable. But, you know, I think, too, we need to have Mm -hmm. a conversation on ways to meet people. Like Kanisha said, it's a whole nother conversation on how to people that don't look like you. Like, I just slide into their DMs. Like, I'm still waiting for (laughs) I'm still waiting for Janine Austin. I just I want her to come on the podcast so bad. I read her. I just love her. And she's local. So anyways, okay. but until, <laughs> until next week, again, we'll talk to you in 2024. It's crazy to think that 23 is gone just like that. And we hope you have the best little break if you get time off. And if not, we hope your life is not too chaotic as your kids are off school and you're probably barely surviving. So we're sending you peace, hugs, and lots of love. Until 2024, my friends, bye!